This is your mind, this is your life, this is your time, this is your life, this is your mind, this is your world. Yeah, how long has it been since you got to think for yourself, think, think for yourself? And how long has it been since you've had some time for yourself, unwind with yourself? You can do anything, so don't you hide from yourself, be kind to yourself, intelligent, amazing. Welcome to our new episode of the Replenish Me Show, where we interview powerful women like our guest today to share strategies on how to nourish yourself, energize yourself, and reframe your perspective. Today, I am so happy to have the author of Chi to Be and the founder of the Hall Institute of Intuitive Wellness, Stacy Hall. Um, she, her cheated B book saves the lives of people stressed to the snapping point. It provides a personal success system of 11 energizing and interchangeable steps to achieve your goals with velocity, grace, and ease. Welcome to the show, Stacy. How are you? I am great and I'm thrilled to be here with all of you. And Cardelia, I've been following you for a while, so this is a real treat for me to be chatting with you in real time. It's a treat for me too. We, we've had, I think, one conversation, and, um, but this will be really nice to share your insights and your wisdom with my audience. Thank you so much. My pleasure, absolutely. What would you like me to share? So start by just telling us your story and how you became the author and founded this institute. Well, uh, very simply, if anybody wants to know further, they can always contact me, but I'm going to do this very quickly because it could take the whole show. Uh, I really, from the time I was 12 years old, I was one of those people who was blessed to know what she wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was work with organizations and help them do good out in the community. That's what I believe public relations to be. And when I got out in the world and found out that's not what public relations really is as practiced, I actually went into advertising, marketing, and radio and television production. And I had a fabulous, fabulous career, worked for FedEx, budget run a car corporation, and management positions. And I really thought that was going to be my tra trajectory up. And then I had the opportunity to be of service to the University of Houston. I was hired in a management position for the alumni organization. And one of my roles there was to help the alumni in various different ways with their alumni organizations and things. And I taught a class one day on how to better market your business because most of our active alumni were actually entrepreneurs, their own business owners. And what I realized was that too often when people start a business, they first, they start it out of a passion, but when they start practicing it, they put their passion aside and try to make themselves into what they think people want from them. And so then the business doesn't become anything that they wanted it to be and they lose interest. So I was teaching classes on this and I started teaching for the Small Business Development Administration as well. And uh, little by little, more and more people started coming to me to teach them uh, these marketing ideas that I had, which was really about how to transform from being a searchlight into a powerfully brilliant lighthouse that stands still, knows what you have to offer, and brings people to you. 
And so that's how I started to transition into helping people stop running around, losing their energy, feeling like, you know, they're not who people want them to be, that they're not enough just the way they are, and to become these powerfully brilliant powerhouses of lighthouse energy that says, this is what I have to offer. If you need this, this is where you come right here. And then I started to teach my four-step strategic attraction planning process. Wow, that's amazing. And you know, do you only work with women, by the way? No, men and women. Now, that said, was the vast majority of my clientele, my over the years, women? Yes. More and more, though, recently, more men are recognizing that attraction marketing is the way to go. You remember when I started, guerrilla marketing was all the rage, you know, not guerrilla like the ape, but guerrilla like the boom, boom, boom. Right. And um, although many women were following it as well, they never felt like it fit them. Whereas men, like, that's the manly way to do marketing, right? Right. But now everybody has kind of caught up with, the, with what I introduced back in 2001, 17 years ago. I introduced my first book, Attracting Perfect Customers. And that's where the whole idea of attraction marketing was introduced. It was the first business book on how to use the law of attraction. And um, I'm pleased to say it still it sells very well today, although I have updated it with Cheetah B, which is behind me. So, which has brought in as, as the universe, if you will, as the business community has moved forward with attraction marketing, so have I personally, so have I taught my clients. And so the best of the first book is still in there, but all the rest now of relationship marketing is in there as well. So don't need two books, just one. <laughs> that's beautiful. And you know, that's, um, I'm going to get to the, the two book thing in a minute, but I want to address this um, making yourself into a lighthouse. Um, this is something, you know, whether we're dealing 17 years ago or now that I, I believe that women specifically struggle with. That's why I was wondering if you only work with women, because I, I think that's quite unique. You know, we, a, a lot of times what I see in people I work with and I work with only women is that they don't see the powerhouse inside of themselves. So that's what I love about your message. So what I can tell you is the difference when I'm working with women and men is that men do you want to learn relationship marketing? We never deal with mindset issues. Like they, they get that. They, for whatever reason, they just accept that they have to be the one and they get out and do it. All they want are tactics. Hmm. Women always, I am, um, you know, for whatever reason, either because women who already get it don't need what I have to teach. But when a woman is coming to me for coaching or reaching out for my book or any of my challenges, that's where I always begin is the conflicting messages that they were raised with as children mm. that are now getting in the way. Because logically, you know, we, as women, we've heard this now for quite a long time. We can be all we want to be. We can be anything we want to be. We, we don't have to try to do it all. We get to choose and we hear this, but even those millennials are still being raised to a great extent with different messages. Parents think they're telling them they can have the whole world, but what they're telling me in terms of how, what 
conversations they heard about money, what conversations they heard about success, they're, they're coming up and budding up. So we have to find a way to either harmonize them or teach them how to get rid of the old, to embrace the new, and harmonize it within their body. So I have techniques for that. Yeah, that's, that's really true. And, and, and that's the next point I was thinking about. You said harmonizing within your body because sometimes we say things with our mouths, and I know this, I'm really present with this as a parent. <laughs> we say things with our mouth, but our body language and the way we behave with our children is like a whole different message. So I like the way you bring it all together in, um, in your book where you are actually helping people to, uh, to get it out of their bodies. So tell me about Get the old out, getting the old out, the new in, and finding a way to still honor. Because here's the thing. You know, if it was our parents and we care about our parents, we don't want to make our parents wrong. You know, we did when we were teenagers, but as adults, we don't want to feel like how we were raised was bad. So the mind wants to hold on to it and find the beauty in it. And that's fine, except for the fact that those thoughts were created usually when we were very young. And we can't operate a business as an adult from thoughts we had when we were six years old and never really revisit it. So that's how I help folks to be able to have a process that helps us look at when was that thought originally created, what was going on in your family or in your environment at the time, does that still serve you today? Hmm. And if not, how can you find a bridge between the two of them? And so that it's a step-by-step -step process. It takes probably about 15 minutes for most people. I mean, when I say step-by-step, -step, some people might think years. No, 15 minutes? We've got it handled. <laughs> and then the work is in remembering the new thought pattern, retraining the mind to go to the new thought pattern, not old back to the old one okay so that's the exact process and anyone can like read your book or go through your program and master that in the book I offer 11 ways to start retraining our mind depending upon where's the issue it doesn't have to do with how we schedule our time does it have to do with how we envision goals get developed and created you know too often with time, people think they're procrastinators. They're not procrastinators. They just don't know what the next step is, and they don't haven't learned how to ask for support because they think they have to be perfectionists. With goal development, too often people think that I create a goal, I want to see results, <laughs> right? And nature says, no, you put the seeds in, you water and you nurture. You have to have faith that something's going to happen with those seeds, Cordelia, because most of the time you don't see it for a long time before the sprouts start coming up. All these people, you know, compare. Someone said that we fail when we compare, and I agree because we're not seeing somebody who's successful. We're not seeing all the failures or all the nurturing and developing is a more positive way to say that, that they put through before they had the huge success, right? And for some people, if they say they're an overnight success, I'll say, show me the money that they spent to get someone to get prepared so that they could be an overnight success. 
You have two ways of doing it. Your own sweat equity, or you pay somebody to make it happen for you. Either way, if, you know, and if you were blessed to have the money, great, and someone else doesn't, okay. But there's the same process, same process that everyone goes through. So let's stop comparing and start looking at what stage we're in. That, that was more than I had planned to. I got on my soapbox there a little bit, but I, I really want women to stop comparing. We've been taught to do it, you know, like, are her shoes better than my shoes? You know, is her outfit look better than my outfit? Is her makeup better than my makeup? It, it, these insidious ways bleed over into how we do business too. Oh my God, she's doing, you know, challenges or she's doing messenger marketing or she's doing podcasts. I'm, and I'm not going to say it's about me, but I hear my clients go, I want to do, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. And so, all in good time, all in good time. Rome wasn't built in a day. Let's find the one thing that you're going to get started with that you can focus your energy on and stop looking at everyone else. That's right. That's right. We have to really close that door. And, and that, you know, like I was saying before, may have come from the physical messaging that they grew up with. You know, it's, you know, comparing to your siblings, comparing to yes. you know, a classmate that was always on the top of the honor roll, you know? So, um, but you know what? I just want to tell you, it's okay to be on your soapbox here because we are, you know, the, my listeners and viewers are here to learn and to be reminded to reframe their perspective. And you're just, you know, I would say inculcating like how to, the, the behind the scenes for the sweet talk. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Stacy. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad sometimes I, go, I just get excited because it's so simple, Cordelia. You know, and you know this, I, I'm preaching to the choir here. That's why you do these shows. <laughs> it, it's, it's a matter of do we choose, okay, so we, we've, got, we've got a block in front of us, whatever that block is. But it is very possible to either climb over it, go around it, go under it. But first we have to recognize it's a block and then go find people who have successfully moved past that block to give us what I like to call gardening tips. Go find someone with a green thumb in business who's willing to give you gardening tips. And I like that because when you were talking earlier about the seating and everything, that made me think, you know what? It could be too that we don't see, you know, like a lot of us uh, don't keep kitchen gardens anymore, you know? Because I remember my mom's kitchen garden when I was growing up. And I, you know, it wasn't like I would check the soil every day, but boy, when that little sprout came up, I was like, oh, it's growing, you know? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. So um, we just, I guess, reinventing ways to uh, be patient with ourselves, right? Patient with ourselves and patient with, please forgive me for saying this, folks, patient with the universe. That's, and don't make it mean that you're doing something wrong. Like that's the first, women go straight to that. And of course, I'm being very general here, not all women, but many of the women who I've coached, the minute it doesn't work out the way they wanted to, they don't see it as an, they played, they explored, they experimented, they discovered something, right? That's what it is. It's, that's all it is. It's not a failure. It's tell me, what did you discover? 
oh, I discovered that just putting it out wasn't enough. Okay, so what could you do next time that could improve the success rate? Well, maybe I could announce it three weeks before and send out a few more messages and follow up with the people who are interested to see if they really want to participate. Yeah, how many follow-ups did you do? Well, I just did one. Okay, well, is it possible you could do two or three or four that maybe, you know, their message went to spam or they didn't have time to look at it or you didn't ask a question that required them to respond back to you? That's that's what we're meant to be doing when we don't get the results we want is play explore discover play explore discover play explore discover that is the process and reach out to people not to compare but to ask if we see somebody who's doing something we want to do yet yeah, follow them following is not comparing following is i'm going to learn I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn, I'm going to see how they do it, I'm going to see if that works for me. Comparing is when we go, well, why did it work for them and it didn't work for me? Yes, big difference. Yeah. Big difference. So with that, um, in, your, in your book, you also talk about having a great support system because a lot of times our inner circle, of, you know, our, our circle of influence, am I saying that right? <laughs> of influence yeah. is like yeah. not the best choice you know and that kind of adds to the pile of what we've got going in our head so how do you help people to get out the old <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean get rid of the negative naysayers and bring in yes. people who are going to positively uplift us up yes okay. all right here's the hardest part about that the hardest part is the willingness like mm -hmm. to open ourselves up to the possibility that we don't even have to have a conversation. See, most people think in order to get rid of somebody from their life, they have to actually go up to them and say, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. You know, we're going to sit back and we're going to start thinking about how do we want to be treated? Hmm. How would we want people to respond to us? And I actually say this is part of the planning process. Write it down. Is there anyone in your life right now that treats you well or treats you better than the other people treat you? How do they treat you? What do you like about the way they treat you? If you see other people being treated well, what do you like about the way they're being treated? The more we start, this is, goes back to the beginning of our conversation, the more we start thinking about how we deserve to be treated, cared for, respected, and appreciated, the more we do that, what happens around us, and yes, I do believe in scientific energy. The body exudes energy. You know, in order for me to have energy to do activities, I have to accept that my body is full of energy. So the way I help people save their lives from being stressed to the snapping point is how to harness the energy within us and around us to be successful. So the more positive energy that I'm thinking and envisioning and inhaling into my body what starts to happen is i create an energy field around me and it's a silent energy field to most people but all of a sudden they're not liking hanging out with you those negative people because you're always so positive and i'm 
It's true. It's true. Well, you've had the experience. You go ahead. Do you want to share a story? Or uh, experience? Well, no. You you go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, okay. Well, I'm just going to say in this particular case, what I'm going to say is I did actually say something, but it wasn't to tell the person I don't want to have anything to do with them. But I was getting my nails done, and I when I get my nails done. I, I'm very sensitive to chemicals. Today we've got a lot of wind, so the congestion's up a bit for me. I have respiratory stuff. And anyways, I like to have a private room with the technician. I don't like to be in a salon with lots of people because all those chemicals and all that negative talk around me. I had somebody like this. I still, I have someone different now, but back then I had someone. And for whatever reason that morning, she always knew that I like to have a private room, private quiet, be able to focus. This was my rest time, my personal care time. But she invited a friend in, and we were chit-chatting with each other. And it was about another human being, and it wasn't positive. Mm. And there was a magazine there, and I did my best to read my magazine and ignore. And it was just getting to be, you know, I'm very sensitive to energy. It was too much. And I said, Excuse me, ladies, I don't know who this person is that you're talking about. And I can appreciate you do and how you feel, but it would it be okay if you didn't talk about her in front of me? And that's how I said it. That calm, that kind, both of them, like dragon eyes, right? Dragon eyes. And the one friend like gets up, she's offended and walks out. And the nail technician, instead of apologizing to me, my space, my time, I'm paying for it, says, how dare you? This is my space. And I said, I appreciate that. And you and I have always had the agreement that during my time, it's kind of my space. That's why I've come to you. That's why I've referred people to you. So you're right. You pay rent for this room. You can do whatever you want to do in this room. In that case, I'm just going to share with you, it doesn't work for me to put myself in positions like that. So in that particular case, I did actually say something. I, I wanted to bring that up because some people are thinking, no, I'm probably going to have to say something. Okay, well, I didn't say, would you shut up? I just said, this is, you know, I don't know the person. I don't feel comfortable in the conversation. Could you wait to have it when I leave? And what they felt was I was different from them, and I'm perfectly happy that I was different from them. I'm not saying I'm better, just different. Yes. And they, that was it. The universe said, this is it. This relationship is done. They're not going to honor how you feel. Okay. Now, if I had put myself back there, mm -hmm. silly me. But that's what I believe a lot of people do. They set their boundaries, and then they go back into the situation. Now, that's a longer conversation, Cordelia, that I'd be happy if somebody wants to contact me and tell me why they feel they need to go back into those situations. Sometimes I, I know that they think that they're being caregivers for their family in some ways, and that if they turn their back, who's going to help those people? Well, I've got conversations and ideas and possibilities for them, too. I like that you brought up the, um, the topic of boundaries in this way. 
and you gave that example. I'm so glad you gave that example. That is a perfect example, in fact, because like how many of us go to the salon for whatever service we get and we have to sometimes endure that or we can choose not to, right? Um, and even sometimes we're in a workplace, you know, where yeah. you're in a cubicle setting yeah. and you don't have that control over it, you think, right? But it's a very simple thing. You don't, I mean, I've been in that situation before when I worked in, you know, corporate and in a cubicle situation. And all you have to do is just say, you know what? Um, it's, well, for me, I was in a month and close. I can't concentrate. If you really need to have that conversation right now, if you can take it to the snack room or whatever, you know, but you know, here work's happening. Um, and yeah, they didn't like me, but they knew not to, you know, do that near me also. So, uh, yeah. and, and that's, and you just took the words right out of my mouth is, uh, you know, is it more important to be liked? Or is it more important to maintain self-care? And I can tell you that for years, it was more important for me to be liked. Uh, heads up, it was. It was the way I was trained. It cost me my health. Mm. And everything I've learned and everything I share is what I learned after losing my health and being able to trace it back to not voicing my truth in a loving way, because I didn't know how. Yeah, and this is a very common thing too. I, I feel like I had a recent guest on the show who was saying that she had, um, she had gotten ill from not speaking her truth as well. And maybe you want to talk a little bit about the different energy centers, because that's a lot, that's something that I, you know, discuss with people. So like, what energy center was being deprived and how did that manifest? Um, well, first off, kudos to you. I've been following the work that you do with energy centers, and I love it. And I, you know, as much as I've been using it for years, I still learn from you, Cordelia. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. So if you've been following Cordelia or you haven't, then uh, let's start with the seven, seven <laughs> primary energy centers in the body. And these have been scientifically proven. There's actual vibrations that come from these areas that science has been able to discover. And for those of you who are more Bible-based, if you would like to have, I wasn't planning on offering this, but Cordelia, I'm happy to send it to you and you can send it on. I do have a document put together by a minister about where the chakras, the energy centers are mentioned in the Bible. Oops. So there's, there is a, a, you know, a harmony between religion and science on the energy centers. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. So, Root is at the base. That's where we're grounded. So base of the tailbone. Pelvic region is sacral chakra. A lot of people equate it with sexual activity. I say it's more about creative energy, the birthing of ideas and goals. Yes? Yeah, I agree. Okay, yeah. If we just focus on the sex part of it, we miss the whole rest of our life part of it. Um, solar plexus is in the belly right around the navel area, a little bit below, and that's our power center, our power generator, and it controls what we digest yeah. emotionally and mentally, as well as physically. Yeah. Controls all of that. So I love all the, you know, the metaphors, I can't stomach that, 
I've got a gut feeling that something's not right, right? That's all coming from our power center talking to us. Heart is where you would expect to find it. And that is about giving and receiving love to ourselves first so that we have to give to the world, not to the world first, to ourselves first, appreciating who we are, the divine essence we are, and then sharing that out with the world. Throat chakra is then being able to express our truth with love. Third eye is, yes, it can be psychic ability in the same way that the sacral chakra can be about sex. It's more about our own intuition. Yes. So listening to the gut intuition and then seeing through our intuition what is the gut telling us. Those two go hand in hand. And then the crown chakra, of course, is opening up to receive the divine wisdom beyond what we could possibly know with our limited mind. So Cordelia, you're in harmony with that, right? Absolutely. So, so for me, this is respiratory, all has to do with the throat. And it was all the years of being trained as a child not to speak up, to put up, not to speak up. Now, a lot of people don't know, as you are also a holistic coach, so the digestive system and the respiratory system are really one. They, they are unique in what organs are part of it, but they are partners. And when we can't fully digest something, be it gluten or a negative thought from someone else or our own, it backs up into the respiratory system. When it backs up for so long, it winds up causing permanent um, deviations, which is what I have. I have some deviations in my sinuses, so I'm more prone to uh, allergies and things like that. So that's what it was. It was my throat chakra, but it was also my heart chakra being hurt over and over again that what I wanted to offer wasn't of value to be heard. It was my digestive system going, you know, it didn't feel good didn't sound good, didn't taste good to have to shut up and put up for a long time. And, and I'm saying I wasn't physically abused, but even as I got older into my adult life, in my family, my opinions mattered nothing. My opinions about myself were considered wrong and bad. And I am truly, so I'm going on a little bit, but I just want your listeners to know I've lived through it. I know what causes this, and um, if anybody can relate to it, I just wanted to let you know uh, I can. So, yeah, that, see, that's exactly. I love the way you explained it in detail, and you went through, you know, telling us about all the different energy centers or chakras, as they're also known, um, and then how it manifested for you, and specifically what. Um, relationship you know issues happen that it manifested and that and i also love the fact that you were not physically abused because a lot of times people say oh well i i don't you know i wasn't physically abused but that's sometimes the worst kind of abuse is the emotional and the you know the mental or even the verbal right it, it doesn't have to be like literally don't talk it was just the implication of you know you know, if you talk, you know, like no one's going to listen to you. No one really cares. You know what I mean? It's almost like, like you were saying before, like the, the aura was put out there kind of like, you, you know, just shut down, just even bother. Right. I'm, 
it, it wasn't even that if, if I said anything, it was belittled for, you know, belittled. It was always the wrong thing to say, the wrong time to say it, the stupidity of it. Um, and yeah, and, and so it, it's, and it just becomes very, and of course it wouldn't be seen out in public if I said, but I'd hear it later, right? So it was this private thing of, I'm not going to embarrass you out in the world, but I'm going to make sure you know what you did wrong later. So over the course of time, I just retreated in. And the, the biggest compliment I used to get from my family was I came out of the womb like a old woman. I would just sit there and listen to the adults talk. Like I was a well-behaved child. Hmm. And into my adult life, I was a well-behaved child. <laughs> not so much anymore. <laughs> Right. You know, you were being appropriate and you were an appropriate young lady and you did all things right in the right place. And, you know, you made them proud, right? Those are probably. Until I did not. Until you did not. <laughs> Until I did not. Until Stacy showed up and was like, this is my truth. <laughs> yeah, this is, And it was because, I mean, I just really got so ill and thank goodness for a fabulous homeopathic doctor who anybody, I, I'm here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I had to come to Las Vegas to learn my real truth, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put a shout out to the Nevada Clinic. They are licensed physicians who treat homeopathically first, and people come from all over the world wow. to them, and they have a fabulous website. The ne just Google the Nevada Clinic, okay. and it, I was so ill when I saw them the first time, and the doc didn't do any tests on me. We sat and we talked for two hours two hours i just cried and cried and cried and i didn't even know i was going to do that but he just started asking questions and he said all right now i know where we're going to go with you we're going to make sure that you are not around those people that make you cry for a while because you're not strong enough and he showed me how to speak to them in a way now they weren't happy it's not like i made them happy but i started building my boundaries around me and um, now I know how to teach others to do the same. That's beautiful. I love that. So um, I want to just freeze frame here for a second because we've talked about a lot of juicy stuff today. And I want to um, kind of pull out right now what are three strategies because we've talked about a whole bunch of strategies. Just pick out the top three. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be a link to your book and everything below this and ways to connect with you for them to get, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. But just for our listeners, what would you pull out? Okay, so the first is pay attention to your truth. Hmm. Even if you don't want to speak it yet, pay attention to your truth. And start identifying what your truth is. And second, start identifying how you want to be treated by other people. Okay, that's your truth. How do you want to be treated by other people? And what does that look like? And spend a lot of time envisioning what that looks like so that you start to put that protective bubble around you. And then the third is stop comparing yourself to others. Now, the third can't really happen till you've done the first two. Yeah. So in order, first your truth, then start envisioning how you want to be treated by others, what you want them to say to you, how you want them to take you into consideration, 
what you don't want them to say to you. Okay, but don't put as much energy on what you don't want as what you do want. And then third is stop comparing yourself and making yourself less than. Because each of us, we've heard this and a lot of people go, man, 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 blah, 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 blah. But it is true. We are unique. We are a unique combination of gifts, talents, attributes, thoughts, emotions. No one has the same combination, not even identical twins. So there you go. Those are the three. Perfect. I love that. And okay, so let's talk a little about the envisioning portion of that. Because um, when we envision ourselves, like you said, you know, you want to focus on what you do. And I think I was reading relationship coach recently and she was saying yes it was a relationship coach. she was saying a lot of times women will focus on what they don't want in a partner so those qualities keep popping up in the next partner instead of focusing on what she does want so tell us the importance and how to envision that what we do want you know okay so here's Here's the first. Well, because it's really coming from, right, number one, what's your truth? And number two, how do you want people to treat you? I'm going to go right back there, which is good. If, if it feels like I'm being redundant, good. Because it's it, it, there's not a thousand different ways to do this. There's a particular way to do this that works and keeps it going. What happens too often and this is true in romantic relationships, friendships, and in work environments, clients as well. We attract somebody. They're not 100% perfect, but we say to ourselves, well, nobody's perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. So we give them extra chances to show up. And they don't show up. But we start lowering our expectations. That's the problem is to not stop lowering our expectations because we think that this is the only relationship we're going to have. Mm. I believe that what the universe does, remember, play, explore, discover, we are sent people, okay? We think things well, what we want, and people come into our lives. They start coming into that energy sphere. And it's our job to decide, is this person a match or not a match if they're a match in what way are they a match hmm. if they're not a match in what way are they not a match and on the pros and the cons side which is larger the pros or the cons if the cons are larger then the next question is are those deal breakers hmm. in other words if you give in to those are you going to sell out on yourself that makes sense? Yes. If you're going to sell on yourself before you get too invested, get out and say, I played, explored, and discovered with that relationship. It was a sign of land of what's coming because when we, the clearer and clearer and clearer we get, the relationship will show up. And the faster we move through the ones that are not perfect, that are simply the the explorations, if you will, the faster the others will come. There's millions of people out there. For us to think, you know, everybody says, oh, it's my soulmate. Really? 
Would a soulmate treat you that way? I don't think so. Yeah. If they're treating you in a way that hurts your heart, that can't possibly be a soulmate. Move on before you get too invested. And that's what I would say. And it seems very simple. I do have strategies to help people figure that out right from the start, including one important question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the question here. It's not fair to make people have to wait. Cordelia, if people ask this question the first time they meet somebody, you know, I asked you when we met on Facebook, what is the most important thing in the world to you? Hmm. Ask that question of everybody you meet. Have them tell you what's important to them. If it's not something that you can get behind, that you can get with as well, that speaks to your heart, move on. Before you find out, I don't care what car they drive, what job they do, what nonprofit work they do. If they don't tick to what your heart beats to, it's not going to work. And that's the time to move on. Not after you've spent a ton of time. See, I'm back on my soapbox again. But this is what happens. People keep giving people chat. Well, let me see. Let me see. Let me keep. Mm, it's not going to get better. Right. Boundaries. Boundaries. So that applies, you know, just to be clear for our listeners, that applies to any type of relationship. Um, right? All relationships. Friend, mm -hmm. Potential friendships. Um, mutually supportive friendships on social media. A client. I ask anybody who wants to work with me right from the start is what's the most important thing in the world to you? If I can't get excited or enthusiastic about what's important to them, I am not the coach for them. I yeah. don't want to take their money. That's why I have an exploratory conversation right up front. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, I, I think that for this conversation, we've, we've really brought out like so many important points and I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, we spoke to chi to be because let's, let's talk. Oh, let's do that. I forgot to ask you the definition of chi. What is chi? Chi is the Eastern word for energy. That's all it is. And why did I call it chi to be? Because it sounded cuter than energy to be successful, oh, yeah. to be well, to be prosperous, right? To be happy. It's she to be, to be well, to be happy, to be prosperous, to live an abundant life. It's the energy we want to harness within ourselves and from around ourselves that lifts us up to where we can be productive and happy and a contribution to the world. Yes. So, I mean, I didn't want to assume that our listeners already knew what she means. Um, so that I just wanted to highlight that. And also, do you have anything coming up, any products you're launching or anything right now? That's, well, I'm offering to all your listeners, of course, the 10 tiny transformations oh, yes. to transform from being a searchlight into a lighthouse. So that's free. And then I have another free deal. I have started a series of five-day prosperity secrets challenges. Ooh. And I've got one that launched today. I've got another one launching next week. And then I have what I call my waitlist group, the waiting room for me to start another each one. And for five days, I provide tips, ideas to play, explore and discover where we are not living a prosperous life so we can live a prosperous life. And if anybody would like to know about that five day challenge, they can contact me through you. 
it's free because they know you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I'm going to make sure that the links are below this for the, the 10 tips. I've created a bit.ly link and you'll see it's bit.ly um, forward slash 10 tiny and then capital T. Um, but I appreciate your time today and all of the wisdom you've shared with us specifically on energy boundaries and um, attracting who you want in your life um, so that you can be that lighthouse and let your gift, you know, and share your gift with the world. Well, at Cordelia, the, the joy and the honor has been mine. I follow you daily. I love everything you say. You are one of the people I want always in my energy field. Oh. And um, you always make me feel appreciated, loved, respected as you do for everyone that you bring on the show and everyone who watches the show. And uh, you are she to be in action. Oh, thank you, Stacy, for saying that. I absolutely love you. And I was definitely drawn to you when I first met you. So thank you. All right, listeners and viewers, thank you for being here with us today and have an amazing day. Intelligent, amazing. Don't just break free from the hate.